You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 149 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here in this mini-sode with the wonderful Alison Tate. How are you, Al? Not not I'm, still? <laughs> I'm wonderful, Al. I'm wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you said I was wonderful, so therefore <laughs> I am wonderful. Awesome. Well, we've got a mini-sode today. We do. A quick, now, short, sweet, sharp. Yes. So if you're new to us, then of course we have our regular programming every week. It usually comes out on a Tuesday, our regular episode where we interview an author and we go through a number of things that are happening in the world of writing and publishing. But we've had some feedback from people saying that they would really love to for us to answer some questions, their questions, about writing and publishing. And that's why we're dropping these mini-sodes, usually on a Friday, so that you have them ready for the weekend. And uh, we welcome your questions. So... Uh, that we can answer them on the podcast. And of course, if you do have a question you'd like us to answer, hopefully about writing or publishing, uh, then just... I don't know. I thought we did well with the rugby league team one. Oh, yeah, that's true. So <laughs> last mini-sode, yeah, we talked about rugby league. Bizarre question, but... But anyway, we do prefer writing questions just because no, we're better can, at those. You can ask us anything, <laughs> but we, yeah, we don't guarantee that we're experts in the other stuff. So just no. email us podcast at writerscentre.com.au. That's podcast at writerscentre.com.au if you would like us to answer your question. But today we're just starting off with a shout out to Megan Higginson. Now, Megan Higginson has left us, kindly left us, a review on iTunes and she's entitled it, Val and Al are insightful and loads of fun. She says, yeah, I started listening to Al and Val a little over a year ago. Full of humour, their insights into the world of writing, publishing and blogging have been extremely helpful. Their combined experiences along with weekly author reviews or author interviews and Alison's weekly author platform building tips have been invaluable to me in my own writing and building my author platform before my book comes out. Thank you so much. They have me in stitches at times, nodding in agreement or going, wow, I'm so glad that I now know that. I can't wait to hear what Alison and Valerie have for us in 2017. I'm excited. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. You know what, Al, sometimes, you know, those days that you feel a bit down and a bit discouraged, I think we just come back and, and read these reviews. They're so uplifting. 
Yeah, I, I actually, no, that's a great idea. And I'd just like to say um, a shout-out to Megan too because I do see her in the social media. Uh, you know, she's she's obviously listening to the author platform building tips because she's out there and I see her on Twitter and I see her on Instagram and she's um, she also chats away to me when I'm doing the Writer's Centre AU um, social media stuff on Twitter as well. So mm. I'd just like to say hi, Megan, and thank you so much for your conversations because I love it when people talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank, thank you for leaving us the review on iTunes. And if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it is certainly encouraging and it helps us in the rankings. So we're going to move on to... Now, we, we kind of started having a bit... Uh, starting these mini-sodes with a discussion on some daily rituals of writers. Oh, now, yes. I, yeah. So I thought I'd mention this one because I have this book called... Daily rituals. <laughs> oh, hell. How astounding. Awesome. It's called Daily Rituals How Artists Work by Mason Curry, or edited with text by Mason Curry. And it's a whole bunch of different artists. But this particular daily ritual is from is Patricia Highsmith, who, of course, wrote such famous psychological thrillers like The Talented Mr. Ripley. Mm. Now, it was interesting because she wrote daily, usually for three or four hours in the morning, completing 2,000 words on a good day, which is pretty good. So she mm. was pretty disciplined in, in that respect. But her biographer, Andrew Wilson, recorded her methods and he says, her favorite technique to ease herself into the right frame of mind for work was to sit on her bed, surrounded by cigarettes, ashtray, matches, a mug of coffee, a donut and an accompanying saucer of sugar. She had to avoid... <gasps> yes, I'd love to be surrounded by donuts. Anyway, she had to avoid any sense of discipline and make the act of writing as pleasurable as possible. She, her position, she noted, would be almost fetal, and indeed her intention was to create, she said, a womb of her own. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now... The thing is, though, a little bit of a warning, Highsmith was also in the habit of having a stiff drink before she started to write, not to perk her up, Wilson notes, but to reduce reduce her energy levels, which veered toward the manic. But the problem I'm not is, surprised after a saucer of sugar, well, but anyway. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. But and a donut, yeah, keep going. The thing. But in later years she became a hardened drinker with a high tolerance and kept a bottle of vodka by her bedside, reaching for it as soon as she woke and marking the bottle to set her limit for the day. Wow. There you go. So, so there you are. It's a slippery slope, that whiskey before breakfast. <laughs> I, I must, I'm, I'm making a note to myself here not to, not, to, uh, not to start too early. But, yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, alcohol is one of those things. People... Um, a lot of writers, you know, particularly in the evenings, you know, when you're on mm. you're on sort of Facebook or whatever, I'll be writing away, and 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 a lot of writers will be like, I'm having a glass of wine and writing some words or something mm. like that. Um, well, I I have to say, I I think I've always taken a much a much more workmanlike approach to to my whole writing day. So it would just not. I, I didn't. I mean, I think it was Ernest Hemingway that said, "Write drunk, edit sober." Mm. Um, I tend not to drink while I'm writing. I'm just wondering if maybe it would really give me a boost. Maybe I should try Patricia's technique mm. with a donut for breakfast and a whiskey. I, I couldn't yeah. do vodka. 
donuts and whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Should we give it a whirl? Give it a go. Why not? You think we need to do it at breakfast, though. <laughs> I don't think I could do that in So when I start tweeting photos of me with my whiskey and my donut for breakfast, it's all Valerie's fault, okay? <laughs> it would be so good if there were no consequences of having a donut every day because I love donuts. Yeah, they're a bit sort of nothing, though. Don't you find they're just like it's they, – they just sort of – I don't know, you eat them and it's like you ate nothing. No, they're heaven in a ball. A ball in a circle. Yeah, no, they—they—they're they, not my. They wouldn't be my choice. So I think they—they—they they, they go on my getting fat for nothing list. So I tend Ooh. not to eat them. Okay, all right. Well, well anyway, do you have a getting fat for nothing list or not? Well, um, I like so many things. I just love food. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped, you know trying to decide which things I should have and which things I shouldn't. It's just all too hard. It is, isn't it? Particularly, yeah. like, and depending on sort of what blog you read on any given day, you can just change your mind in an instant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just try to include a few salads here and there and I feel I'm going okay. Okay, and you're but... not having breakfast, so you're on the right track. So, <laughs> Well, I convinced myself I am. Anyway, <laughs> shall we move on to our listener questions this we week? Some, we better do some writing stuff. Good idea. <laughs> okay. So this is a really interesting question from Lane Campbell. Now, Lane has said, hi, Valerie and Alison. First, I'd just like to let you know that I've recently completed my 30-day boot camp as part of the Make Time to Write course. And, of course, that's Alison's course, How to Make Time to Write, which is awesome. And you can find out more at writercenter.com.au slash time. Now, Lane continues, I've added just under 26,000 words in that time. So Ooh, thank you, Alison, for devising this highly effective course. More than just effective, it's perfect. That's awesome. 30-day boot camp and 26,000 words. Yeah, um, fantastic. Now to my question. My novel covers two timelines in the main character's life, her childhood, chiefly her school years, and her adult life, where we see her as a wife and a mother facing some very challenging times. The timelines alternate throughout the story, though in no precise way. A childhood chapter here, followed by two or three adult chapters. Then maybe a number of childhood episodes, or perhaps a very long one before we go back to a chapter or three in the adult timeline, etc. While they don't follow a rigid childhood, adult, childhood, adult pattern, they occur obviously in an order that informs the major plot points and subplots of the story as they unfold, to help us understand the character and the decisions she makes along the way. However, what seems to be happening to me as I write is that I get really into the groove of one of the timelines, let's say the childhood years, and then five or even six chapters will come out at once. Then I begin to worry I'm losing touch with the adult timeline, so I'll write another 10,000 words there. And back and forth I go as ideas present themselves to me. So I'm not writing in a chapter one followed by chapter two followed by chapter three format. I'm writing scenes and chapters as they occur to me, and they do occur to me at the oddest times. So I attack those scenes and chapters immediately as I worry I'll forget them and thus lose good material. So now as it stands, I've got nearly uh, 60,000 words of chapters all over both timelines. Is this a mistake? Should I be trying to write in an order that might approximate the 
order of the finished book. My plan has always been to assemble the characters into some kind of order down the track once the bare bones, the first draft of the story, are done. But by writing this way, chapters here and there across two different timelines, am I running the risk of writing two separate stories, writing timelines that will be difficult to meld together into a cohesive story, writing thousands of words that I will have to jettison down the track because they don't fit logically together within that story. Um, I hope you can understand what I'm getting at. In essence, my I guess my question is, is writing discrete chapters and episodes an advisable practice or should I assemble my inspiration and thoughts and scenes and chapters into chapter one, chapter two, etc.? There you go. This is from Lane. Goodness, Lane. Hello. Welcome to the first draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty much how it goes. Um, it's quite an interesting question. Managing two timelines in any sense is always difficult because, as you say, you are essentially you're trying to write two stories within one story and they need to cross over in certain places but not necessarily all the way. I, I think what you're doing is, is, is how you need to do it. I think that you, any, any kind of first draft needs to come out how you need to do it. So unless you're actually going to sit down at this point now, which you could do, and outline you know, what you've done, um, where your timelines cross at this point, where they might need to cross further down the track, you could you know, potentially plot out what you've got and where you need to go is one way of doing it. Or you can continue as you are um, because essentially the edit is going to be where all of this is, is going to come together. Now, there is the possibility writing the way that you're writing at the moment that you are going to have words that, that don't necessarily fit and will need to be taken out of the story. Yep. Um, but you know but that's, that's going to happen. happen anyway um, yeah. at any stage. You know, it's it's a very rare first draft that comes out to word count exactly as it's meant to do, um, and you know stru structurally in all the right places. In fact, you know, really, I, yeah, very very rare. So I think that if this is working for you, is if what you're doing is working for you, then I see no reason not to continue doing it because I think if you now sit there and think, oh no. I've done this all wrong, I need to start thinking chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, you're going to just confuse yourself and make it more difficult. Write it as it flows. And I think that if, the, if you're writing the childhood story and that childhood story is flowing, then, then write that. But write it bearing in mind that it's going to be broken up and it's going to be presented throughout the story. So, you know, keep that in the back of your head. Don't write 7,000 conjoined words that you're suddenly going to find very, very difficult to move around, etc. So mm. keep your structure in mind the whole time, but write as it, as it comes out. That that's, would be the way I would do it. Yeah, you, absolutely. Valerie? Well, I, I agree. I think write as it comes out until you reach the point, like write a particular timeline uh, as you know you are inspired by it or as the idea comes into your head until you reach a point that you get stuck and then move to the other timeline. Um, yep. uh, one of the things that uh, in our interview with Nicole Hayes, whose latest book is A Shadow's Breath, um, which is episode uh, 146, one of the things we talked about is that she has two timelines in her book, it's two mm. very, very clear timelines. And she said she started off writing it chapter one, chapter two, chapter, you know, kind of like that mm -hmm. until she got to a certain point and she realized she just had to write them separately. 
and she found that it worked for the first part, doing it chapter one, chapter two, and later on she just needed to write it separately, and um, and it worked better for her that way. So there's no right or wrong. It's actually no, there's what no works. should. Because the no, question sure. you've got there is, should I be trying to write in an order that might approximate the order of the finished book? There's no should. I think with a with a, a project like this where you're juggling timelines, you just need to work through it until you've got that first draft down, and then mm. it's going to be so much easier for you to see exactly where you know you need to shift things to or take things out or whatever it needs to be done at that point. Yes, and also um, uh, Matt Nabel's book, Guilt. Um, we spoke to him in episode 59. I don't actually remember if I asked him whether he wrote them concurrently or whatever, but he has multiple timelines in yes, his that's book. Right. And as I was reading it, I certainly thought to myself, he must have written these not in you know chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. He must have written the timelines in separately. Mm. Um, and and to the, your point again that if you go that regardless of whether you're writing a timeline book or not, you're going to chuck some words. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you you know? really are. Um, in Pamela Freeman's book, uh, she did not um, the War Bride. She hers is not timelined in in the same way as say Nicole Hayes' book. And she talks about the fact that there are there were ten thousand words she had to chuck at the very last minute. And it's mm. painful but it made the book a whole lot better. So well, Kate Forsyth you know, has just uh she has a new book coming out this year and just in the last sort of couple of months she's been doing the edits and things like that. And she she had to cut something like like she plots like mm. we've talked to Kate in the past about her plotting process and it's very, very detailed. She will end up with like a twenty thousand word outline before she even starts writing. Mm. She still had to take thirty or forty thousand words wow. out of that out of that manuscript. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's you, you're going to write things that you're not going to be able to hold on to forever and it's just a matter of get it, get it all out of your head and yep. then you will see what's important and what you can lose. And edit save it, it up. Later. You know, you never know when you're going to use it later. Yes, edit it mm. later, definitely. Mm. Let's move on to a question. Well, we hope that's useful for you, Lane. Yes, but let's and move on. best of luck with it, Lane. It sounds like a yes. really interesting idea. And I'm so excited that you wrote 26,000 words because of the 30-day boot camp. That just yes, makes me smile. Um, let's move on to a question from Bodhi. Now, Bodhi has said, Hi, Valerie and Alison. Maybe I'm too idealistic, but I want to write adult literature, young adult, children's, and fantasy, and also screenwriting. My concern is that publishers won't want a diverse author. Would you advise writing under different pseudonyms for different genres, like J.K. Rowling for the Potter series, but as Robert Galbraith for her crime fiction? Or would you advise writing everything under the same name? I find I'm too scared to even think about writing any other genre than YA, which I'm writing now, because of the boundaries I imagine to be there. So all these ideas are simply stuck in a folder waiting to be pursued. Love the podcast. I'm quite new to it, so I have a lot to catch up on. Regards, Bodhi. Well, Bodhi, you have come to the right place because Alison <laughs> is a multi-genre author and she writes adults. She writes um, children. She's doing, a, she's doing screenwriting. She writes non-fiction magazine style articles. She is a diverse author. Now, I, I think the thing is it's, 
you it's not idealistic it's absolutely fine to write in lots of different genres absolutely fine but your main question seems to be whether you should have pseudonyms or write under the same name so I think we'll focus on that particular aspect um, do you want to have a go out well, I would say at this stage of proceedings, Bodhi, um, where you're, you know, you're, you're writing lots of different things, um, you don't actually have anything published at this stage, I don't think. Bodhi and I are also connected on Twitter and Facebook and via various different things. Um, what I would say is write everything under the same name. If and when you sell your YA or your adult novel, which may be your next thing, or your children's fantasy novel, which may be the third one you write, or your picture book, which may be the fourth thing you write, um, at that point in proceedings, that's when you start to think about whether or not you're going to need different names or whatever. You would talk to your publisher about that fact. Yeah. What I have found, and this is an interesting thing, because um, so I started out writing uh, adult uh, adult fiction, and I um, have uh, published uh, in the States with a co-author an adult novel, um, and I have three unpublished adult novels that are still on my computer that are just kind of like hanging around, one of, one of which I particularly like. Um, in the interim, uh, the Mapmaker Chronicles got picked up as, as A.L. Tate, obviously, and I have since then written one, two, three, four, five, six, six children's manuscripts, um, mm. several of which are still coming, which haven't been published as yet, which will be published under the AL Tate name. Now, there is nothing to say that I cannot publish adult literature um, under Alison Tate or whatever I'm going to do at, at any given stage. But what I have found is I don't have time. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I mm. have not had time to work on my adult fiction um, in the last two or three years for the simple fact that I am very, very busy writing children's fiction. And that's fantastic. I love writing children's fiction. Um, I still aspire to get this uh, particular adult novel that I really like um, published, uh, but it requires a major structural edit that I've been you know, tinkering away at now for a couple of years. Um, and I, I think it's just worth noting that if you write something that does really well, as the Mapmaker Chronicles have done, then you know, you're publisher will probably want you to write more of that and your publisher will want probably want you to branch out into other areas within that brand that so mm -hmm. ALT is a brand now and so you know it makes publishing sense to write more stuff under ALT as a brand which I'm loving and which I'm more than happy to do uh, but it has meant that my adult fiction aspirations have had to take a slightly back seat for the time being and I look forward to getting back to those at some point down the track so it's worth noting that um, it's not that publishers don't necessarily want a diverse author. It's just that you're, you have the, you know, you are one person, and there is a limited time that you have mm. to actually write books and get things done. And mm. you tend to end up focusing on things that will sell. So that yeah. is just. Uh, uh, I'm not saying don't write all the things. I'm just saying that be aware of the fact that um, that there are going to be potentially constraints down the track if you write something that really takes off. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, just write all of the things under the same name. Under and, the same name. Yeah. yeah. And as and as Alison said, then take the advice of your publisher about whether it should Absolutely. be under a different name. But yeah. if you're indie publishing, yeah. I would also say write under the same name unless 
you're doing like erotica and children's. Absolutely. You know, then yeah. definitely change your name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But otherwise, it's it's very straightforward. Don't let that be the thing that blocks you, Bodhi. Just no, write. because the other thing to remember too, and this is this is probably um, one of the biggest lessons that I learned in all of the publishing things that I have done, is that you know when I was I was writing adult fiction, and it was that was what I was doing, and I was very focused on on that sort of goal of getting published in that area. And I, I had had this random idea about map makers because I had had a conversation with my kids about it. Mm. And at that stage, I was so focused on writing the adult fiction that that idea, I just sort of put it in the back burner and thought, yeah, I should get around to that one day because, you know, that might be fun and it would be good and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until, you know, six months, seven months later when I had a conversation with my agent who said to me, Al, is there any chance that you've got sort of any children's fiction because publishers are really looking for children's fiction at the moment? Um, and I was like, oh, I've got this random idea about map makers. Mm. And she said, well, you know, send me a send me a synopsis. And I said, well, I can't send you a synopsis. I have that's it. It's a random idea about. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Write me a synopsis. So I had to kind of you know clarify the thought, get a cohesive mm. thing together, and. And that turned it so you, you can't ignore your best ideas by being too focused on one thing. So be open. You know, I think being a diverse author is a great thing because you are open to other ideas and other Absolutely. genres and other things. So, yeah, I say be open. Don't ignore your best ideas because mm. it doesn't fit into what you're doing at the time. Yep. Brilliant. Well, I hope that's useful, Bodhi. And of course, if you have a question for us, we'd love to help you with and, and answer them on the podcast. So email us, podcast at writercentre.com.au. Now, in the meantime, this brings us to the end of this week's mini-sode. Where do we find you online, Al? You will find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com, um, where, by the way, my blog is now eight years old. Really? Um, and I know, eight wow. years of blogging. It's insane. Yeah. But anyway, let's not go there. Um, and you will also find me on Twitter at, at Tate, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And feel free to connect with me on Facebook. I'm Valerie Koo. Look for me in Sydney. I'm the little picture with the blue top. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you want any of the show notes, of course, go to soyouwanttobeawriter.com today. You, I'm, I'm not speaking properly. Speaking.com.au. Yes, so you want to be a writer.com.au and we'd love to connect with you online, so please do reach out to us. And so, yeah, this is the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.